The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in to the early line. We're live right here on SportsGrid on a Thursday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh joined by Donnie Rideside with a ton of action to get to. DRS, how you feeling? Oh, feeling good, rested and ready. Every moniker I can use tonight because week one of the college football season gets underway Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday of college football. Who says no? Certainly not me. Absolutely not. Again, a lot of good action for us to break down in terms of games beginning for college football, but also an exciting piece of news around potential change in college football. Conversations beginning on a change to the CFP format and expanding to potential 12 teams. We know that contract, Nani, still has a couple of years left on it. Oh, we can't change it until the contract is done. Not so fast. No changes this year, but perhaps as soon as next college football season, we could see a 12-team playoff. Yeah, we're going to expand on this topic much more, and I can't wait to do that. And by the way, is this the worst-run panel-slash-committee in the history of football? Why is it every two weeks we get, we're voting on it, we're not? We can't change anything for a decade. We can't change Mm -hmm. it for 50 years. Oh, we might be able to change it this year. What's the deal, guys? Every single there's momentum, and then on break. I don't, is there a a time limit? Are they running a a, a Zoom Uh. meeting and the clock runs out on it? I just... Doesn't seem to make all that much sense. But again, we will get into that because there's a lot of good stuff in that direction. How about in major tennis news? Serena Williams lives to see another day. Up against the number two seed, nearly a two-to-one dog. Serena advances past round two at the U.S. Open. Yeah, how about that? So, May cruising, and I tell you right now, the biggest winners of everybody, Kevin, well, if you had that plus 200 ticket in your pocket yesterday on Serena moving on, has to be the networks mm-hmm. here. The more she stays on TV and in game shape and playing tennis matches, the better it is for the networks. They love this. No doubt about it. It's also great for the fans who want to continue to see Serena play, and it's great for those that have grabbed the piece of Serena Williams. Even after winning in round one, she was still over 40-1 to to win the U.S. Open, down to 16-1 to on the FanDuel Sportsbook, tied for the sixth best odds of anybody in the tournament. Seven days away. That is right. We are seven days away, DRS. In the NFL season beginning game number one, the Buffalo Bills, the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, the Bills a favorite on the road by two and a half points just seven days away from this game. There's two things that we've been doing in the offseason, breaking down Jimmy Garoppolo news and who is actually going to win and what the final spread is going to be on the opening game of the season between the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams. Now only seven days away, Kevin. I cannot wait for the NFL season to get underway. And we've got a good little piece of NFL breakdown coming your way at the top of our number two. A little quarterback-related 7-7. Seven and seven. You will not want to miss that. Another NFL headline here. Oh, boy. The Philadelphia Eagles traded Jalen Rager perfectly to the Minnesota Vikings. For those that don't remember, the Eagles drafted Rager. Then a video went viral of the Vikings laughing at the Eagles because they then ran to the podium and selected Justin Jefferson. Now the Vikings have them both. 
Yeah, the Vikings have them both. Now, the best part about this is Jalen Rager is going to go into that locker room, and I would love to see the first conversations between him and Justin Jefferson. has to go something like this. <laughs> Man, they took you ahead of me. Woo-hoo, boy. And away they go. Rager goes, yeah, I know. I can't believe it. The radio audience is here <laughs> on a Thursday morning. You're listening to the Early Line, Sirius XM. Channel 159, so much good action again to break down here today, including some Major League Baseball headlines. The trumpets were out. Timmy Trumpet came, game number one. Not so much luck, don't worry. A Jacob DeGrom start will have you in the mix. And an Edwin Diaz quick, quick piece of work will have those trumpets blaring there. The Mets beat the Dodgers 2-1 last night. I mean, I think we can agree. No closer in the history of baseball has ever had a better song to come out to, particularly in the city of New York. Fantastic stuff last night. Maybe the best closer ever in the city of New York. Kevin, what do you think? A little too New York-based, uh, that conversation for me. I think we should move past that uh, and maybe just talk about how impressive, ultimately, this was for the New York Mets, including, by the way, Brandon Nimmo uh, robbing a Justin Turner home run where 2-1 yeah. would have became 2-2. Who knows if those trumpets play? Uh, instead, Jacob DeGrom moves to 4-1 and one on this season. How about Josh Hader is back? Ooh. His first save. Yeah. I mean, is this not a business of what have you done for me lately? Last time out, Josh Hader gets a save. He's back. The man in the robe, two cups of coffee today on this celebration uh. of Hader's first save of the season. He looked good doing it, too. What a move to get Hader for the back end of your bullpen for those Padres. But seriously, I mean, first, mm-hmm. it's crazy. He's been there a few weeks, and it's his first save. That's terrible, Josh. Get it together. Maybe he did. I, and I will say, though, it, he still gave up a hit. And usually for Hader, right, if he goes out there for three for three batters, you, you know, it's just it's three batters, it's done. Like, still had to give up a hit. Like, can we get a perfect inning, mm-hmm. Hader, and just clean yeah. this whole thing up? Another game that jumped off the page last night, uh, the Phillies game. Because whenever a team scores 18 runs, Ooh. it jumps off of the page. 18-2, to two, the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies beat the Arizona Diamondbacks last night. Yeah, team total over five. Never looks so good at this point. And also oh. winning a Bailey Falter start. That's your ace now for the Phillies. Bailey Falter. Congratulations, kid. How about that? Also, uh, Louis Frias, uh, who gave up seven runs in uh, two, uh, uh, two-thirds of an innings of work. That's not even a position player. That's an ugly scene. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell. Starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back right here on Sports number one of college football there are games on tonight and we will preview those in full but we start with a major piece of news as it relates to the college football landscape a vote coming up on the potential for expansion 
a 12-team format seems to be the rumored talks, and a, a vote is coming. And if unanimous, as soon as 2024, we could see the expansion become finalized. Now, I don't know how likely it is for this to be unanimous, and perhaps it is too optimistic to dream that this is the last time we will have only a four-team playoff format, but it appears, Donnie, that things are moving in the right direction. And money rules the world, Kevin, as we like to say. There is so much money in a college football playoff that it only makes sense to institute it. Like, no longer do we have one versus two, BCS, and the bowl games. Because it used to be, Kevin, the bowl games are very lucrative for some of these football teams. Now they're figuring out they're not as lucrative as they once were. What's the next step? TV. TV audiences, TV companies that will pay massive dollars for an actual college football playoff. Not just four teams getting in, not just two teams getting in. If you look at the NFL, the reason why they are king, they have a massive playoff. The NBA has a massive playoff. NHL has a massive playoff. Major League Baseball does as well. It's time for college football to step up and also talk about a massive playoff. What's probably the most lucrative thing in sports? March Madness. What is that? A massive playoff that goes on for weeks at a time with over 60 teams. Now, in football, you're not going to be able to get over 60 teams, but there are some levels of Division II, Division Three football that do have up to 30 teams in the actual playoffs, which I would love to see. And my goodness, the revenues would be off the charts if they do expand it that far. But I'll take what they give me. It was nice to get away from one and two and a BCS and number three is left out. Now you have four teams, but the time comes where you need to expand it. What we're trying to do here, Kevin, or at least what makes sense for me, as you hear me preach a lot, get rid of the bowl season. Make these football players have incentive to stay and play. No longer is it appealing as it was in the 80s. Hey, look at this nice matchup, Kevin. Number six versus number 12 in the Cotton Bowl. That doesn't even do a rating anymore because nobody cares about it at this point. But you know what? Six versus 12 in a college football playoff in the Cotton Bowl, absolutely massive ratings. Get this done sooner than later. Let that money flow. There are two big factors that I think we should be aware of. It's an 11 uh, it's, a, it's 11 votes that have to be tallied up. It's the FBS conferences plus Notre Dame. Last time they voted, it was an 8-3 in terms of yes, but not enough again to get the job done there. The Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 were your holdout. So you would hope that when they go into this vote, they don't have to worry about the eight yeses turning over towards a no and just trying to sort through these other three conferences. Here's the other big thing at play. Because a lot of times we've said you, you're leaving an outrageous amount of money on the table, right? But someone could maybe try and say, ah, you're just projecting that. You, no, 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 no. There was a report that has said the additional college football playoff move for both 2024 and 2025 would generate in four $150 million in gross revenue over those two years. Donnie, almost half a billion dollars in revenue. How is this not going to be unanimous here? Isn't the point of these guys in charge who are going to be making the vote to try and drum up as much revenue as possible? You're right. Like, Break it down on its simplest terms here. If you are the Big Ten and you're pulling up to this meeting, and they say, okay, I'm going to take all the facts. I'm going to go back to my members of the Big Ten Conference. You sit in the room and go, hey, guys, how would you like if each one of you gets an extra $25 million in your sports budget next year? Yeah, no, 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 we don't want to do that. Come on now. It's all about money increasing your revenues. That's what we talk about at this time. And it only makes sense. And also, from a coaching perspective, getting into the playoff, that is a massive recruiting tool. But it's just so simple, Kevin. If you're sitting down over the holiday season, right, December, right through into January, and you want to watch a good football game, you know what I don't want to watch? ESPN Bowl Week, where they have some MAC team playing a, you know, Mountain West Conference team. I don't want to see that. And again, as I just used, if you have a nice ranked game, Eight versus 12 on, let's just say, I don't know, January the 2nd. I don't care about that game at all. It's meaningless. It doesn't matter. You know what, Kevin? Probably on each side of those two good football teams, 
10 total players have left for the NFL because you know what they tell you? This game is meaningless. Do you remember when the Big mm -hmm. Ten used to talk about we'd rather go to the Rose Bowl and win it than play for a national championship? Did you see the Rose Bowl last year when Ohio State, half of their football team said, oh, the Rose Bowl? Yeah, pff, skipping that heading to the NFL, man. The bowl season is so <laughs> tired right now. You have to get rid of it. And also, to another point on the Rose Bowl, if the Rose Bowl is in your way where they think they still command what they used to in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, you know what, Rose Bowl? Have your game. Washington State versus Northwestern. Congratulations. We don't need you anymore. Yeah, they're... I mean, that has kind of been true, right? Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave aren't there. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, can thank them both, though, for leaving. It's been great for his uh, Heisman chatter and expectations coming in to this year. But, of course, if this happens, how will it change the betting landscape? And I think the honest answer is it will be phenomenal for the college football betting landscape. Right now, we don't have the odds to make the college football playoff. But you had... You know, minus billion, it felt like, on Bama. Similar number on Ohio State. You had about, what, a minus 160 on Georgia. But how many teams were you looking at? All in all, maybe 10 or so. And just look at the odds from the national championship. There's only three teams that are under 4-1. to one. And there's only four teams that are under 20-1. to one. And there's only six teams under 50-1. to one to win the entire college football playoff. And you might say, oh, that's because the gap between Michigan, who's 50-1, to and Ohio State, who's 3-1, to is that big? No, it's not. It's because there's only four spots available. This is what we've tried to tell people. They somehow have convinced themselves that an expansion throughout the college football playoff will make games matter less. Wrong. Yes, when Alabama loses, it might matter a little bit less. But all of these other games matter so much more. And from a betting perspective, now you and I can actually have an interesting conversation about whether or not Texas has some value to win a national championship because maybe they'll actually get into the college football playoff, which it feels like, Donna, they have no chance to since Alabama's on their schedule. And that's probably a loss right there. Exactly. I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head on this one. If you take a look at the NFL, let's look at the NFL preseason compared to week one, right? Hey, week three of the preseason, Buffalo Bills fans, you going to watch this game? Eh, not so much. How about week one when you take on the Rams? Oh, my goodness, get me in front of my TV. Why? One game means nothing. One game means a lot. It's the same simple practice. Bowl games mean absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. You put those same players in a tournament that says, you keep winning, kid, you'll be a national champion. They are all in, and there are no opt-outs. It's so right. simple, the formula here. Expand the playoff, and we will be rip-roaring down the stretch with all season long debating who's in, who's out, who deserves to be there, who doesn't deserve to be there. Everybody wins, from the fan to the front office to the college to the players. Everybody wins in this scenario. And here's another perfect example. Today's slate, which we're getting set to break down, features the ACC defending champion in Pitt and an Oklahoma State team that was a yard away from potentially making last year's college football playoff. Donnie, how many people are talking about going into these games here? Hey, you think these guys can get into the college football playoff? No, don't these? Right, for a lot of people, these are appetizers. These are table setters here. But in an expanded format... The reigning ACC champion is going to have some juice yeah. behind it. You know what's going to be great, too, Kevin, when we start hearing these terms? That's a quad one win for Oklahoma State. Ooh. I want that in football as opposed to basketball. <laughs> you want bracketology? You're going to get it in college football. Love it. I can't wait for Alabama to find a way to create a quad nine with some of the oh, hardest yes. teams that they play. <laughs> but that's all right. We'll absolutely make the best of it. Joe Lisi, go for the two, joins us next right here on The Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back into the early line. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside now joined to talk some college football games here on a Thursday by Joe Lisi. You can find him on Twitter at Go for the two all across the Sports Grid Network, Football Full Circle, and Carver and Lisi. That's Monday through Friday on Sports Grid Radio. And then Joe alongside me and Ben on college football today on Saturdays. How you feeling, man? Oh, this is what it's all about, Kev. It's going to be tangy this weekend, as you say, right? This mm, is the yeah. calm before the storm with week one on the horizon, baby. I'm chomping at the bit, not just for Saturday's show, but for the games, obviously, tonight straight through Monday. No doubt about it. The backyard brawl is where this all begins. And, Joe, we actually hit this game a little bit last Saturday, and I remember at the time it was a six-and-a-half number on Pitt. Now a seven-and-a-half there, which is crossing a key number, definitely a major move. What do you think about the backyard brawl Pitt versus West Virginia? Yeah, it's interesting because you have a tale in terms of the Pitt front seven that gave up around 89 rushing yards per game in an offense in West Virginia that could not run the football last year. Seven of their 13 games, they were held under 100 yards. They lost all seven by an average margin of defeat of 12.6 points per game. And if we're just looking at the quarterback perspective, Keaton Slovis versus JT Daniels, who never stepped up in a big spot, I have to take Pitt here. I'm sitting on a six and a half ticket, but still think Pitt is the better team because of the front seven. And I just don't buy into Neil Brown and that rushing attack right now. Game number one for West Virginia. I don't like that Keaton Slovis came out and gave them bulletin board material, but I still think Pitt will cover this number later tonight. Both of these teams haven't played since 2011, which is actually criminal here. One of the better, you know, backyard rivalries, as we like to say in college football with that line moving up. Just talking about some novice information for the people, Joe. Heading into week one, most of these teams haven't played in week zero. This is the first time they're going to get to showcase their talents. Just talk about from your perspective here, betting into these markets, and particularly, what do we see from these teams? Because in the NFL, you have preseason three games. We get a look at some of these guys. We don't really know a lot about these two teams. So talk about it from that perspective. Yeah, it's a great point, Donnie. You know, you really have to go with the trends from the previous season. Now, you look at West Virginia, four starters come back on the offensive line. Just because they bring back four starters doesn't mean that the rushing attack is going to be better, right? So do those trends creep into that week one matchup or more importantly, the month of September? Then you could readjust. If you start to see trends develop from last year in terms of weaknesses, then I go with that type of perspective in terms of my handicapping. College football is unlike any other sport there is no margin of error so you have to go in based off of last year and then see if those trends develop early on and then obviously we have two mm -hmm. quarterbacks in Slovis and and JT Daniels that weren't even part of these teams last year how do they grasp the offense early on you're gonna have to adjust from an in-game perspective now another big game on this slate is Purdue Penn State is there any difference for you when you start to break down a conference game? One is especially as important as Purdue Penn State here in week one. I know some people prefer, you know, non-con games to dominate a week one slate here. For the most part, it does. But Purdue Penn State, one of those spots where two teams that have comparable expectations square off here in the Boilermakers, I know, the home dog. 
Yeah, I mean, we saw it last year. Remember, it was Michigan State catching three and a half against Northwestern and Hunter Johnson, Kenneth Walker, a buck 75. That was a very good game. They dominated by double digits. We saw it again with Scott Frost and, and Nebraska, right? 11 and a half, 12 and a half point favorite. They lose the ball game outright. So you're going to get the underdog's best shot. Nobody wants to come out of the gate and lose a conference game. But I favor Penn State here. I think the speed of Penn State is the difference, Kevin, in this ball game. They have speed on the perimeter with uh, Parker Washington and those wide receivers. Keep an eye out for Mitchell Tinsley tonight. He's a Western Kentucky transfer, over 1,400 receiving yards, eight touchdowns, and two big play freshman running backs in Allen and Singleton that I think will benefit and provide balance for the Penn State offense. To me, that's the difference. I know about Aiden O'Connell and, and Sean Clifford, respectively, but this game's going to come down to the trenches, and I think that's where Penn State is better running the football tonight and stopping the run. I think Purdue's going to be put into long third downs, and that's the difference. I think Penn State dominates this ballgame. I know it's a three-and-a-half-point number. It's over that key factor. A lot of people jumping on Purdue, but I think if Penn State can run the football, I think they win by 10-plus tonight. Joe Lisi always doing his homework all throughout the offseason, which brings the next question to attention here. Typically in the NFL, we see so many different betting markets on the FanDuel Sportsbook for each game. Used to be in college football, Joe, hey, you like a side, you like a total? Maybe we'll squeeze in a team total, but my goodness, looking at this game between Penn State and Purdue on the FanDuel Sportsbook, 24 different players, including two defenses, listed for an anytime touchdown score. You talked about Mitchell Tinsley, a plus 210 price. Looking at these markets as a different way to bet into just the side itself can you find value joe just doing some homework in the preseason saying look this might be the go-to player here i think i have value yeah, a great point again, Donnie. Payne Dorm, the tight end for Purdue, I think is going to be the player to watch. Now, everybody's looking at the wideout position because David Bell is no longer there, and Purdue lost their starting wide receiver this year. It was suspended. So now that you look to the wide receivers, but I think it's going to be the tight end, Payne Dorm. You look at last year with Penn State, they struggled with some tight end play. Obviously, Michigan burned them with about three minutes left. And Manny Diaz is the new defensive coordinator, right? He likes to blitz a lot. So that means to me, short to intermediate throws underneath coverage for, for Aiden O'Connell. Pay Durham has, I believe, a 49.5 receiving number tonight at minus 114. I think he could go over that easy. So from a receiving aspect, I think it's Payne Dorham, and I think Parker Washington breaks out tonight along with Tinsley. I think it's the passing game benefited by the running game. So I'm expecting a lot of yards by Penn State. Those are where I would go in terms of the wide receivers and, and tight end for Purdue tonight. We'll keep our eye on that. Joe, one team I know you're excited about this year, you know, big picture, is Tennessee. They're going to play Ball State. They're going to do so as a 35-and-a-half-point favorite. So this number has continued to climb now. And the total is 66 and a half. There's player props out there on your man, Hendon Hooker. Are there numbers that present some value here with the big spread, Tennessee Ball State? A lot of optimism for Tennessee. I think they could get to eight and four, Kevin, but this is a MAC team in Ball State that's pretty good in terms of the interior, and they're going to want to run the football tonight. Obviously, the recipe for Ball State is tempo. They want to sustain drives, keep Hendon Hooker on the sidelines. I think there's no doubt Tennessee wins, but I'm inclined to take the five touchdowns tonight with Ball State. Again, they don't have to win. They just have to keep it within the number. You have Tennessee that has Pittsburgh on deck. They don't want to, you know, uh, allow or, you know, get a lot of players injured in that matchup. If they jump up early, it could be vanilla game plan for Josh Heupel, especially when you run tempo the way they do. There's a tendency for offensive and defensive players to wear down as this game progresses. That's why I think the recipe is under tonight, but I'm leaning to the underdog in Ball State. Yeah, we talk about like the haves and the have-nots show so many times in Major League Baseball come this time of year, which can equate to college football. Usually in week one, some of these teams like to get that cupcake schedule out of the way before they play somebody good. Case in point, Ball State, Tennessee. Next week, you travel to take on Pittsburgh here. Is that a vantage point that you look at in so many football games between week zero, weeks one, and week two? Who's actually on deck? Because you're right. Fourth quarter time, you're up 33 points. You got to cover 35. Those players might be coming out as if you played Akron or somebody else from the MAC the next week. Is that a number that you look at, or certainly a situation that you look at quite frequently here early in the season? Yeah, and you can look at it from a first-half perspective because Tennessee is obviously a rhythm type of offense with a quarterback in Hendon Hooker that threw 
for 31 touchdowns, three interceptions. So early on, you want to get him involved in terms of a rhythm. Does he start fast? You might look at his passing prop. If you can get one, you know, early on, you might get a good number in terms of Hendon Hooker to start fast in this ballgame and then maybe tail off as the game progresses if they have a big lead. Case in point, too, uh, there's big spreads just like this with Alabama and Utah State. That's a potential look ahead later this weekend, you know, with Texas on deck. It's important for the underdogs, Donnie, and in big games, especially like a game like LSU and Florida State. Florida State already has a game under their belt. Granted, it's against Duquesne, but to understand and get that consistency with the offensive line under your belt against an inferior opponent, I think is a benefit when you go into maybe a tougher game against a top 25 opponent. Interesting. Also, late night Big Ten action here. Nine o'clock kick for Minnesota up against New Mexico State. New Mexico State, one of those teams that was in action in week zero. They did not look good. Six turnovers in that football game here. But Minnesota, a major favorite. Again, it's another spot, though, probably, Joe, where Minnesota can dictate if they're going to win this by 40 or by 24. Obviously, there's a big kind of margin for error. What do you think about the big spread, though? The Golden Gophers are lying. Yeah, they haven't covered these big spreads recently. They lost to Bowling Green last year, 14-10, to 10, and they haven't done it over the course of the last five years under P.J. Fleck. You look at their records against teams like Buffalo. They win, but they just don't cover very close ballgames. You know, this is a tough cap because I just think that Minnesota holds a significant advantage in the interior. Mo Ibrahim does come back, one of the best running backs in the Big Ten. And I think they're, they're going to run at will on the front seven. So I favor Minnesota here, but I'm leaning to the under 52 mm. and a half as well. Top 10 de defense for Minnesota statistically. Gotcha. Rush defense, pass defense. They only gave up a buck 81. You have a redshirt freshman in Frocks that played last week. Good, but not elite. I think Minnesota can win and keep this game under the 52 and a half point total tonight. Fantastic stuff there from you, Joe. Joe, let them know where they can catch you here again across the Sports Grid Network. Yeah, football full circle, 12 to 1 with Ben Stevens and 10 p.m. to midnight with Carver. And then obviously with Ben and yourself every Saturday, 9 to 12, doesn't get better than I that, Kevin. Absolutely not. We'll see you there on college football today. Make sure you check everything that Joe has going on out. We'll hit these games a little bit more in hour number two. It is week one of the college football season. Joe, great stuff. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back here on the early line, fantastic stuff there from Joe Lisi, helping us get set for week one of the college football season. Taking a look, though, at Major League Baseballs. We're still on the hunt towards October, and there were a couple of big games on the board last night. I think the biggest, though, was the Dodgers and the Mets. Jacob DeGrom on the mound against the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's pretty incredible because 
I know that even on Tuesday we were talking about they, that game, the anticipation, feeling like, man, DeGrom is going to be, you know, not booked at minus 160, minus 170 in his own building up against Tyler Anderson. How could that possibly be? Then as you're watching the game play out and the close nature of it, you're reminded of, one, the Dodgers are not only very good, but the run support from DeGrom isn't necessarily something that always pours in a 2-1 baseball game that if not for maybe play of the year by Brandon Nimmo to rob a homer off Justin Turner, could have been 2-2, and who knows then how that game finishes out. But the real takeaway is Jacob DeGrom was phenomenal, and the Mets grabbed a game back here off the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah, it feels like the NLCS. Like, this is a preview of it, right, Kevin? You have the Mets and the Dodgers, two-to-one game. You had Anderson. This is my favorite part. Like, because usually we're going to focus on DeGrom and say, boy, he's special. Seven innings, one earned run, nine Ks, one walk. It's almost like we expect that, which is really unfair of any pitcher, but that's how good Jacob DeGrom has been. But that whole, you know, synopsis, which we'll talk about a little bit later today when we break down some of these games, coming back for the Dodgers is Clayton Kershaw. But they're already down Walker Bueller. We'll see what we get out of Gonsolin. But not not those heavy hitting names like again outside of Clayton Kershaw but we don't even know what Clayton Kershaw we're going to get down the stretch or even into the playoffs as Kevin and I'd say thank goodness that he didn't go for a perfect game because he would be uh, yep exactly he's not completely healthy either way if he stayed in that game or not which was ludicrous mm -hmm. at the time but Tyler Anderson he drops to 13 and 3 oh he must have got shelled in that game Come on, man. Seven innings pitched, two earned runs on the road, no walks, no walks, and three Ks. He's been fantastic here. One of those just middling pitchers that seemingly gets to the Dodgers organization and figures things out. This has to feel good for the Dodgers, even though they lost this game, because you're saying to yourself, all right, outside of a home run robbery, this game was going to get tied up 2-2. If you ask us 10 times out of 10, even with a healthy Walker Bueller pitching like a Cy Young you know, award winner, we would take that game going up against Jacob DeGrom. So even though the Dodgers lost and uh, dropped to 51 games over 500, that's a pretty <laughs> impressive performance out of Tyler Anderson. It sounds wild just to say that because we seemingly try to knock the Dodgers each and every day, and they continue to do big things. 51 games over 500 with that front-line starting pitching staff is nothing short yeah. of incredible, but a great game yesterday at City Field. No doubt about it, but I still think you saw – look – the Mets, as a team, had eight hits. They were not able to cash in. You have to cash in. That's how you win games. But Jacob DeGrom, right, three hits in seven innings. Like you don't even get on base when he's out yeah. there, right? And now that number, by the way, was an initial minus uh, 142, I think. It looks like it closed up higher, which, again, is not surprising to me to see people betting that throughout yeah. the day. Also, one of those low, low totals, six and a half. It's going to be pretty funny. These are two very good offenses, top five in baseball. But if this is an NLCS preview, it looks like mm. six and a half, seven is going to be kind of the peak of where those totals come in, especially playoff baseball, I think, where people are often starting to think about unders. Uh, another big game on this board between the Padres and the Giants. We talked a lot about not just the AL wildcard race, but that NL wildcard race is really fascinating to see if the Brewers are going to really drop off. And the Brewers and the Padres so connected now, I think with the Josh Hader deal uh, factoring in. You had Musgrove go out there, very, very solid. But the headline here, Josh Hader grabbing a save for the San Diego Padres as they win this game on the road 5-4. to four. It's a big win, and even though the Giants aren't what they were from last year, you still got to go on the road and beat your division rivals if you want to get into the playoff, because if you're looking at that, you know, few teams that have a select chance to get in, the Padres are one of those. Now, we thought we were going to have a little bit more mo mo excuse me, momentum, Kevin, with the Padres heading in because of that big three they could have had, which is now down with Tatis. We'll see if Juan Soda gets back to that MVP level that we expect him to possibly be. But if they do, let's just say they do get into the playoffs. I think that's a pretty good front-line starting pitching. And if you can figure it out, that's a good bullpen minus Josh Hader, which sounds ridiculous. Usually that's supposed to be the key component to your actual bullpen here. If he can get it together, there's still going to be a formidable opponent, even if we're looking at the FanDuel Sportsbook here, Kevin, to win the National League yesterday. It's kind of funny. Before this win for the Padres, they were 15-1 to to win the National League. Today they're showing up at 12-1 to a price a little bit shorter. Also, compounding that point here, when we take a look at that game, feeding, 
leading off of the Mets and the Dodgers. Obviously, if the Padres get in, maybe they can factor it in the Philadelphia Phillies, whoever you know comes in behind them. But plus 145 for the Dodgers to win the NL, plus 240 for the Mets. It still seems kind of interesting here, and I understand. One team is 51 games above 500, but we can't keep our eyes off of the prize. And that's who's going to line up if they do meet in the NLCS in game one. And it's the Grom and it's Scherzer one and two. And you're sitting there still seeing the Mets priced about a dollar behind the Dodgers to actually win the National League. Yeah, it's it's going to be tight, though. It's going to be tight. I think the home field advantage mm-hmm. is going to matter a ton all in all, throughout a lot of these markets, right? I think it's part of yep. the reason that the Astros were able to jump the Yankees, but that's also, it's twofold there, right? Why were they able to jump the Yankees? Well, they're not playing as good a baseball. And that continued last night, by the way, up against the Los Angeles Angels, another one-run loss for the New York Yankees. They seem to just lose every single game by a run at this point in time here. The aspect, though, that I want to get to, before, listen, Otani hit a three-run homer against Garrett Cole. There's, mm. there's plenty there if we want to. The Yankees' division lead is now six games on the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays right now are 31-1 to to win this division. Somehow behind the Blue Jays. All right. I, I don't really understand that, but okay. Any, any any thought that it is worth a dart throw on the Rays at 31 to 1 to win the American League East? Now, I'm biting into this blind right now, right? Because we talk so many times about the Mets heading down the stretch. Boy, that schedule is going to be really easy. They'll be able to pile up victory. So I don't know exactly what the structure is here between the Rays and the Jays in order if they can catch the Yankees. Or maybe the Yankees have the advantageous, you know, playoff chance here to try to make that run in September. But looking at it overall, Aren't we saying at this point, Kevin, it's September the 1st. The Yankees are actually lucky that nobody really played very good baseball over the past three weeks or so because this lead might be down to two or one. And you say, no, hold on. This looked like one of the easiest races that you could call by about May or June because of how good the Mm -hmm. Yankees were. The question wasn't for the Yankees if they were going to win the division, Kevin. It was if they could break Major League Baseball's all-time wins record for the regular season and take over for the Seattle Mariners team. That's not the case here. Could we see, like, let's just say by the end of the weekend, right, the Rays are within four games for the Yankees with three weeks to play. That would be incredible. Now, six should still be insurmountable. But, Kevin, I've been saying 10 was, 9 was, 8 was, 7 was. Now it's down to six. When do I start saying it's not insurmountable at this point? So maybe a dart on the Tampa Bay Rays makes sense. And who also operating in the weeds, right? Eight and two in the last 10 games. Nobody's talking about them right now, but maybe it's just one of those teams that where they jump up and can bite the Yankees to end the season. I don't know if if people realize this, but the next three are in Tampa, like uh, for the Yankees. Like Those are the next three games. So the Rays are red hot and the Yankees are slipping and falling over themselves there. I don't know if we will see, we sometimes do the odds, Donnie, to... Uh, you know, the exact result in a series, right? Rays win a set 2-1, Yanks win. I don't know what the Rays to sweep those three games would be. That's where you have to try and yeah. factor in your value. But I'll tell you this right now. We can try and play play odds maker in this way. If they sweep the Yankees 31-1, to the Rays are under 10-1 to to win the division. They'd be three back. They'd be under 10-1, to right? I would again not looking at the actual schedule, but it apparently because also you're talking about usually you play more division teams down the stretch. So if you're going to play more, I can division tell you. Teams, I, so I can tell you this with Warriors. the schedule. Go ahead. I can yeah. tell you. I can tell you this with the schedule. So the Rays are considered to have the fourth most difficult schedule remaining. The Yankees the thirteenth most difficult schedule remaining. They will play each other six times. The thing is mm. for the Rays is they will also play the Astros six times. And they'll play the Blue Jays nine more times Ah, before this all finishes up. So that is the tough spot there ultimately for Tampa Bay. Like what's factored into uh, categories of toughest opponents and easiest opponents, just to give you an idea here for Tampa Bay, the easiest opponents category features six Boston Red Sox games. To be honest with you, that's not all that easy. As bad as Boston can be, that's far from some cakewalk there. So Tampa's schedule is not easy. Certainly not. But they're going to play the Yankees three times here at home. The way the Yankees are playing, again, 
even just grabbing one game for the Yankees can really keep Tampa at bay. But if you are swept in this series, Donnie, it is going to really, I think, at that point, then I don't want to say feel like a coin flip, but the panic button is going to be smashed to smithereens at that rate. And it shouldn't be, right? Here's what we were supposed to see after beating the Mets in back-to-back games. Take a look at this next stretch. Four against the Athletics, three against the Angels. This is going to be the easiest West Coast trip you've ever seen. At least we're going to win those series, and they didn't do that. So I think that's where the panic starts to heighten a little bit, where teams that were certainly dead and buried from a team that looks like they're heading to the playoffs, you didn't perform all that well. Now you step back up in competition to take on the Rays. We'll see if those competitive juices get flowing again Mm -hmm. for that Yankees locker room. We talk about the Rays right now, the top spot in that AL wildcard race. A team, though, that everyone is following in this race is the Baltimore Orioles. They win last night against the Guardians. Baltimore has been really interesting because it feels like they win every series they play. It feels like the Blue Jays have been horrible for a month plus, and yet they're still two back of Toronto. Is this Baltimore thing just going to be a story where we look back We say, man, if it wasn't for those first 35 games they played, they would have been right there. But ultimately, they're not going to be able to break through. What do you think about Baltimore? We talk postseason chances. Yeah, I, I still am on the opposite end of the spectrum here where you're rooting for the the Baltimore Orioles because they're that underdog team that nobody expected anything from back in April. Yeah. But I just don't think they had enough. And also, the signals from the front office at the trade deadline, they didn't think they had enough, but this team is still fighting. They could have faded and folded you know, and said, oh, well, we're a game and a half back at the break. Well, why didn't you help us here? Now you're 10 and a half out because this is the team that we thought they were. So just for the fact that they're hanging in this race here, and again, in the AL East, that's no small feat. If they're going to make it into the playoffs, they're probably going to have to really earn it by going up against the majority of your games in that AL East. 10 games against the Blue Jays. For the Baltimore Orioles wow. left on the schedule. That's probably what you want they then. Can, that's what you I, want. Like that's they control their own destiny. Probably yeah. right. I mean, if you if if you right, Go if you take eight of those games, I mean yeah. six I so well, six I know eight eight is a lot, but I'm talking about like if you run away with it there, like that's <laughs> what it's going to be. It's pretty incredible too for Toronto. That team still has twenty five AL East games remaining on their schedule. How is that possible? How do they have that Back many loaded. division games? Like they didn't play. They were somehow we're talking about like this gauntlet of the AL East and the Blue Jays have avoided it for the entirety of this baseball season. And the whole thing is going to come home to roost. Now, man, that would be something, by the way, if the Toronto Blue Jays were to miss the playoffs again with all the expectations coming into this season for the Baltimore Orioles to unseat him. Wild stuff. We'll be right back. Hour number one closes out next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack. And save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joe's, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses. Plus, updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hour number two is going to begin with a little run through some of the top quarterbacks in the league. But there was one piece of NFL headline news that jumped off the page yesterday. There's some interesting cuts out there. Trey Sermon out of San Francisco was a bit of a surprise. But Jalen Rager being moved from the Philadelphia Eagles in a trade to the Minnesota Vikings was all too on the nose. For those that maybe a a non-Eagles fan doesn't remember it as vividly as I'm sure Donnie and I do, but the Eagles drafted Jalen Rager. Everybody in the new going into the draft, the Eagles wanted a wide receiver to the point that despite picking outside of the top 20, the Eagles were almost pick on the FanDuel Sportsbook to draft Justin Jefferson with their selection. They drafted Jalen Rager instead. In real time, everybody was like, what are you doing? The Vikings, there's a viral video. You can find it. Mike Zimmer, all of them laughing at the Eagles for picking Rager over Jefferson. They ran the pick in. And now Rager's tenure with the Birds comes to a close, and he's been acquired by the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, so much for the catch radius and the analytical numbers and the speed on his first two steps. We do have to remember he played for T- played at TCU, didn't really have a great quarterback. And on the opposite side, Justin Jefferson, was after winning a national championship and absolutely dominating as a polished wide receiver from LSU. And, of course, the Eagles made that selection, didn't work out in their favor, but also credit the Eagles for moving on from a mistake. And, yes, guessing the market correctly by not just cutting Jalen Rager, holding him to after the cut-down deadline, and making a move to at least he got some form of compensation back for him. Cut your losses, move on, admit you were wrong, which the Eagles were wrong, and quite frankly, everybody in the NFL, including fans, knew the Eagles were wrong outside of Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. To be fair to Howie Roseman, and I guess Jeffrey Lurie to an extent, They basically got more back for Jalen Rager than the Dallas Cowboys got back for Amari Cooper. So at the end of the day, it could have been a lot worse. At least the Cowboys have no idea what they're doing this offseason. Quarterback 7-7 is our number two. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag and Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joe's, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.